What's up, everyone? This is the Destruction Reviews Podcast. My name is Jason. I am Jeremiah. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of fun stuff. And uh, But first, I want to let everyone know, those of you who are subscribing through Google Podcasts, as of April 2nd, Google Podcasts will be no more. Oh, wow. They are, they are ending their platform. And if you do subscribe to Google Podcasts, you can transition your library and subscription to YouTube Music. Mm. Uh, it's a very simple process, couple buttons, and uh, you know we're going to be over there in YouTube Music um, <clears throat> and all the other podcasts that you listen to. Mm-hmm. So you got a couple months before it happens, but I just want to let everyone know that uh, things are changing for Google. Yes, and please, please make that switch. We we really appreciate uh, everyone who comes to listen, no matter how few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but spread the word. Uh, but we're going to start off. Uh, we are one day removed from the New Hampshire, New Hampshire presidential primary. It was held with a Republican ballot and a Democratic ballot, but mostly everybody looks at the headlines, and it's basically a Republican primary because the Democratic ticket is pretty much sewn up by incumbent Joe Biden. Yes, sir. On the Republican side, at this point in the conversation, uh, the Republicans are down to basically two major names, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty good race throughout the night once votes came in. But if we're looking at results... Donald Trump does get the delegates from New Hampshire with 54.5% of the vote. Nikki Haley comes in second with 43.2%. And then the other candidates, you know, people still voted for their favorite candidate. Chris Christie got votes. DeSantis got votes. 0.1.1. Basically. Right. But but really, it's it's Trump and Haley. Uh, On the Democratic side, Joe Biden got 51% of the votes. And businessman and congressman from Minnesota, Dean Phillips, got 20% of the vote. Now, we have been pretty much aware of the presidential race in the last couple of months, Jeremiah and I. I don't know nothing about Dean Phillips. And Never even heard of him. <laughs> uh, we looked him up online and looked at his credentials. And what did you, what did you say? Lobbyist. Uh, a lobbyist. He has lobbyists written all over him. Okay, he's first of all, when you look him up, the first thing they say is he's an American businessman. Yes. Okay, you got that. Then he's uh, who was he working with? He uh, what was some of the other stuff? It was some other company though that I know they're gonna. Oh, the alcohol business. Yes, yes. He had an alcohol business, like a family alcohol business. Right. So you know they're gonna be lobbying yep. at this dude. Yep. No way. And one of the things that he mentioned that if he would actually get the presidency, mm-hmm. he was going to put Elon Musk in his cabinet. Really? Yes. Why? They're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. So <coughs> that's all the airtime Dean Phillips is ever going to get from yes. us. Well, let's talk about the Republican side. Okay. That's kind of the news here. Mm-hmm. Um what are your thoughts when you look at what Nikki Haley did or what Trump didn't do? Okay. Well, well, before we even get to Nikki Haley and Trump, mm-hmm. okay, let's take one step back. Yep. To the what 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 what, what primary was the that? Iowa caucuses? The Iowa caucuses, okay, where he was going against uh, Ron DeSantis. Yep. Now and Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley. Now, 
in my opinion, Ron DeSantis was his biggest competitor. I agree. Uh, 100%. And, you know, Ron DeSantis is disappointing because he lost, but then he started to back Trump. I just don't get that. That's just such a wimp, you know, cowardly move. You know, it makes you feel like, was he even really, was he really ever uh, considering running, like, uh, genuinely? You know what I mean? Because why would you, I mean, because Nikki Haley clearly isn't going to give up. Right. She's not giving up. She's going to fight to the end. And he should have too. Yes. I just don't see how. He actually came in second in Iowa. That's what I'm saying. Like, how, he had to at least believe I believe that he could at least beat out Nikki Haley. Yes. I thought DeSantis was the option. If there was a Republican candidate that could beat Trump Mm -hmm. and could beat Biden, I thought it was DeSantis. 100%. And, um, man, I got to tell you, you know, Nikki Haley is going to fight to the end, to the very, very bitter end. She's going to fight. She's not going to give up. So, but aside from that, I don't think she stands a legit shot at taking down Trump. I just don't. I don't think she stands a legit chance, man. I think Nikki Haley is banking on maybe he goes to jail. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe something with that trial holds him down and she's left standing alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't see I don't see how she overthrows him and his following. Now, what I do have a question is now that DeSantis is out. Right. Yep. Let's say Trump was to get uh, jailed. Could he rejoin? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I remember when I was running for class president mm-hmm. in eighth grade, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I was I thought I was going to do well, uh-huh. and then I was like, I don't really want to do this, uh-huh. and I and I kind of it was me and this other girl, okay. and I. I don't know. I mean, I think I had enough vote. I was in a band at the time, so I was like, I was like, you know, like the cool guy or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but I was like, I don't want to do this. Uh-huh. And so I dropped out. And I remember, like, the teachers were like, are you sure? Like, right. and they're like, well, if you drop out, you can't go back in. Okay. Your name will still be on the ballot because they've been printed. Right. But. You can no longer campaign. You can no longer campaign. Okay. So if middle school politics uh-huh. are the same as what the president <laughs> is, uh, because I think it's supposed to be like a mock presidential, you know, campaign thing, right? It's po- okay. Basically, I'm saying because you know how schools set up, they try to get you. Oh, right. you know you're, I mean? you're talking about the school thing. Yes, yes, I'm yes, sorry. yes. So it is like a mock president. Okay. We're going to have a debates. Right. We were going to have. Um, you know, posters and all that crap done. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was doing it, and this other girl, Emily, who won, who was a great president, mm-hmm. um, but it was like, I just didn't want to do with it. And I just, I think I, I, I had the thrill of, like, running. Right. But then I was like, oh, man, what if I win? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of responsibility coming and your maybe way. maybe that's what Ron thought. I right. don't know. Maybe. Or or is it a possibility that mm-hmm. he ran mm-hmm. to get his name in the headlines by Trump, you know, running him down, making mm-hmm. a nickname, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. to fuel his brand so that if he gets a presidential nomination, I'm sorry, vice presidential nomination, He'll win. The Republican followers will be back him up. I mean, 
Trump did say, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, he, you know, that he appreciates DeSantis and they're talking like they're buddies now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's the weirdest thing ever. Run him down. Right. They're talking like they're buddies now. Now they're on each other's side. So I could see it happening, you know. And and furthermore, Trump is a lobbyist. Okay, that's what he did before he was the president. Yes. Okay, and he's very, very, very good at it. Make no doubt about that. Okay, I think that's one of his strongest suits uh, as uh, campaigning for president and actually being the president. He knows how to, you know, talk to these guys, get underneath their skin, kind of like push them up against the wall a little bit. Yep. So don't underestimate his ability to intimidate and then incorporate his competition mm. don't don't underestimate that i like that you know what i, I mean like well nikki haley has not dropped out of the race mm. she's bound to stay in and the next primary for the Repu- republicans is in south carolina on february 24th okay now what's really cool about uh, this opportunity for nikki haley is that she was the governor between 2011 and 2017 in that state so if she's going to make any headway to hit 50% or 51%, that's the state she has to do it in. South Carolina. Because I don't think, if she if she doesn't hit 50%, I don't think she continues. You think she drops out? I think she does. Wow. I mean, I, if she can... Uh, the problem... I. The problem I see, like, if, if I was her in her position, mm-hmm. I would play the long game. Mm-hmm. I'd go to every primary until I did not have enough delegates. Mm-hmm. Because between now and, like, September, I mm-hmm. think, when the convention is, mm-hmm. like, he could be in jail. He could be in jail. He could die. He, who knows? He could Anything be incapacitated. Could, right. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And she could be the then the nomination. Now, yes, at the convention... If something like that happened to him on the campaign trail, mm-hmm. maybe DeSantis gets the nomination. Mm-hmm. But that's an extraordinary circumstance. Right. <sighs> but I think as fast as those guys dropped off after Iowa, and the as fast as uh, DeSantis dropped out after finishing second, I, unless Nikki Haley has bigger balls than them. That, that has to be what it is, <laughs> man. She isn't afraid of Trump. You know what mm. I mean? That, you know, she's not afraid of Trump. And I think Trump knows that. He knows she is not afraid, you know. And that's one of his biggest weapons, man. You know, the fear, the intimidation. Um, and sometimes not even from him. Sometimes from his following. Uh, that's, you know? that's more scary than anything. I would have to agree. I mean, we live here in southeast Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live. I live in Waukesha. We work in Waukesha County. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it is a highly Republican area. Yes, sir. And the fact that... I mean, when those when those you know F one fifties come by with the flags and and all that crap that's a pe- scary sight. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, man. Like seriously, it's scary, man. Cause they're so volatile and they're unpredictable. Yes, you know. Yes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with supporting uh, your candidate. Uh, you know, advertising for them. You know, that people always you know since. They start this stuff, you know, signs in the lawn, yep. vote this person, vote that person, bumper stickers, yada, yada, yay. But Trump just, it has gone up uh, several levels. Yes. Several. <clears throat> I've never seen a following of a candidate or even a president be so 
influenced uh, by one person that they would attempt to storm the capital of the country. Right. I've just never seen anything like that. Not even close. And, and, and cause damage and criminality and... Not even close. <sighs> so I mean, it's... you have to go back to freaking like Civil War to find... You yeah. know, I mean, at a showing like that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, John Lewis Booth was paid off to assassinate the president because Indeed. of lobbyists that didn't like what um, Lincoln was doing. Indeed. Indeed. And straight away. And, you know, <laughs> it's sad to say it, but that's where I see this going. Now, nowadays, you know, it's practically impossible to get to these guys. You know what I mean? Right. But, man, you know. It's not impossible if they've got... The they're motive. on the inside, right? Yeah. They're on the inside. You got people who know what they're doing. They know some. They know things that uh, average voters like us would not know, right? You know, uh, yeah, you know, some bad things can happen, man. And um, you know, I even if it's a failed assassination, I can see an attempt. You know, yeah. some sort of bomb. That's it, what I picture. You know what I mean? In, in, like a strap, like a right, vest some kind or of, something. Right, or even like a bomb somewhere that they're traveling. Yeah. You know, something like that. I. It's looking like a strong possibility that at some point, especially if he wins, there will be some sort of assassination attempt. And uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure about that. Mm. I'm pretty sure about that. I mean, you got... I mean, look, man. If somebody can take a shoe... And throw it at freaking Bush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of like a live like press conference. Press conference, then you know, you know, it's <laughs> Lee Harvey all over again. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The guy who shot Lee Harvey, like walked in front of live TV and shot him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jack, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference between that and that guy throwing his shoe? Like, I just you know, I, I'm not going to get too conspiratory, mm-hmm. but Jack Ruby was very prominent, mm-hmm. very big businessman, mm-hmm. had a lot of money, knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He was able to get in through security um, to force his way into what he did. Right. So um, that's what I'm saying. Like you said, someone mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone on the inside, man. Yep. I can see it. So somebody that's not been mentioned um in these primaries and even in this podcast yet today is independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is still putting together uh, petitions to try to get on the ballot um, on in different states based on different parties, being an independent candidate. Mm-hmm. He should be on that ballot. If you guys do not know who Robert Kennedy Jr. is, please look him up. Um, spend some time. Uh, trying to get to know him because he's independent. He's not going to get the coverage that uh, Biden, Trump, Haley, uh, that those guys get. You're going to have to uh, you're gonna have to do some research. You're going to do some research. Obviously, the name, you know, get you, you know the name Kennedy. <clears throat> his father was a great senator. His, his, uh, his uncle was a, a president who was taken down by Lee Harvey Oswald, ironically. There are, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> he was murdered and Lee Harvey Oswald pulled one of the guns. Right. But uh um you know he he has he has mostly leaned democrat throughout his career mm-hmm. but he does have some republican views. He he's really middle of the road. Right. You know, he's a candidate that 
if you guys have listened to the Gaza Strip episode, which if you haven't, it's in our archives. Please check it out. Please. It is one of the most informed episodes we've ever done. And by the way, when we made that episode, a lot of people uh, did not... They did not agree where we were coming from, but nowadays, if you look back at what we were saying, everyone, nearly everyone you talk to agrees with what we're saying. Yep. Not to toot our own horn. Right. <laughs> but we told you so. <laughs> we told you so. Yes, and, and we that did. Was, and that was just reading facts yep. and, and working it out in our own minds yep. and talking it out and going that, you know, uh, we stand with Israel mm-hmm. is not the correct stance no. if you believe a certain type of way mm-hmm. and in that episode um, we talked about the u.s's possible involvement at the time and how i was very disenfranchised if biden would put troops on the ground there yes and i talked about how kennedy's views um I, I'm, I'm tired of the two-party system right um, and i think a lot of people are mm-hmm. uh, and kennedy offers something that I am willing to put my vote in for, uh, you know, I'm willing to put that sign in the lawn. I'm willing mm-hmm. to wear that T-shirt because <laughs> that's a candidate I believe in. I yes. don't know if my vote will make a difference, but I know that it would make a difference. What I do know mm-hmm. is in every election in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. every state that a candidate has lost has lost by the independent vote in that state. Interesting. And so um, that's a big deal. And I think Kennedy, you know, Kennedy does lean very Democratic mm-hmm. um, or at least has had Democratic uh, voters in the past. So I think he can sway the vote. Is, is Kennedy a vote for Trump, essentially? That's what a lot of people are going to think. If they take the Democrat vote away from Biden mm-hmm. and vote for Kennedy, that means Trump wins. I don't think that's the case. I don't see that being the case either. I honestly don't, uh, because I honestly feel like there are enough Republicans who are, there are enough Republicans who don't want Haley, but who are also done with dealing with Trump, Mm -hmm. that if a strong enough candidate arrives, they will vote for them. Right. Uh, And I pretty much feel like that's where we're at. Yeah. That's where we're at. You know, they're not going to go Biden, but they're done with Trump and they don't want Nikki Haley. So I think it's Kennedy. So I think it's Kennedy. So, uh, again, like Jeremiah said, do your research, you know, and um, obviously this 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 election cycle is not over yet, but... Mm-hmm. Um, not by a long shot. No, but that's, <laughs> that, that's what we have so far on that. Uh, what is our next topic, sir? Here we go. All right. So of those of you who do not know, the Milwaukee Bucks... They have made major news all year from yeah. beginning all the way to exact middle of the season. We are 43 games in. The Bucks are 30 and 13. We acquired Damian Lillard in a blockbuster trade. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend that in the archives. <laughs> we recorded that hours after the trade was finalized. And um, you can listen to our yes. uh, our analysis and just overall love for the Bucks. Explosive, explosive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we required we acquired Damian Lillard at the beginning of the season. We also fired our head coach, who had been the head coach, I think, for about five, six years. Mike Budenholzer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. five or six years. To his credit, he was a decent coach. He really was. Uh, but there were things in the playoffs that that 
didn't pan out well. Um, so we got rid of him. Yep. We hired Adrian Griffin. With no head coaching With experience. With no head coaching experience. He's been a assistant coach for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, throughout the season, the Bucks, like I said, like we said, they're 13, they're 30 and 13. Uh, they are second in the Eastern Conference, but they are also tied for second in the entire NBA. Okay. You got Boston, you got Milwaukee, and you got Minnesota. That's it. Now, with that being said, we've had the second to second to most easiest schedule mm. in the entire NBA. Okay, so that thirty and thirteen record, uh, there's a bit of trickery in there. Okay, because we haven't played a lot of really, really, really good teams, like the ones I just mentioned, Minnesota. Uh, we played Boston twice. We got them once. They got us once. You know, we got Philly out there. It's it's a list of really, really good teams out there. I mean, we just got blew out by 40 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, so there are some really, really, really good teams. Um, and then, you know, some of the wins that we have, we got wins against, like, the teams like the Pistons, who, for those of you who don't know, have only won four games this year. Only four. And the Bucks <laughs> struggled mightily they to defeat these teams. They didn't teams. beat them by 10 points. No. They struggled. They actually went down in both of those games yes. and had to fight back to win them. Okay, that is not good. So, here we go today, which is actually one day removed from the firing of our head coach, Adrian Griffin. Woo! Woo-hoo! Woo. <laughs> Thank the Lord, Man, dude. so happy. Thank the Lord. And for anybody who watched the Bucks, we all saw this coming, okay? Yep. Uh, there were, you know, you got moments where Giannis, the superstar of superstars, okay? This guy is the leading all-star vote-getter in the entire NBA, not just the Eastern Conference. He's the only one to punch over 4 million votes. He's clearly head and shoulders above all of the other NBA players, okay? So nice. It is so good <laughs> <laughs> to be a Bucks fan because Giannis is incredible, um... We fire Adrian Griffin because you got Giannis in post game, you know, talking about uh, the 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 unorganized play of the team. You got Bobby Portis saying the same thing. We have uh, an absolute stud in Damian Lillard who has played well, but not to the level that we know he can be. Right. Okay. This is a guy who routinely. Especially in the All Star games, which he will be in, hits half court shots at will. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about at will. There was one year where him and Steph Curry literally traded like four made half court shots back to back to back to back. He's that freaking good, but he hasn't looked like the guy we know he can be. Right. That's all coaching. Now, when you talk about defense, because this is the biggest issue with the Bucks. Hundred percent. When you talk about the defense. We lost two players in the trade, okay? We lost Drew Holiday, who we all know is terrific defensively, and we lost Grayson Allen. With that being said, the rest of the team is still there. We were fourth in defense last year. The slide should not be this big. We are currently ranked like 27, 28th <laughs> defensively. It, it's incredible the points like, they give up. Dude, like the slide, like we gave up 130 plus points to the Detroit Pistons without Cade Cunningham, 
without Stewart. It, it's just horrible, man. It's horrible. He deserved to be fired, man. I'm sorry. 100%. I'm sorry. One of the biggest issues that, as fans, we could tell is when they lost the in-season tournament finals to the Indiana Pacers, they visually, as a fan, I could tell that, that Griffin lost the locker room. Oh, yeah. They were done playing for They him. were done with him. They were done with him. Because they, that, that, you know... To the fans, it didn't mean much to us because it's like, whatever. This is, you know, more stuff for the NBA to get viewership and yada, yada, yada. But to the players, it meant something. It was money. It was money. It was money. And plus, it was a chance to prove, hey, we're better than you. Yep. We know this doesn't mean anything, but we're still going to win because we can. Yep. You know what I mean? And the Bucks couldn't pull it off against an Indiana team who's middle of the pack. You know, they, they these guys may not even make the playoffs. And if they do make it, they're going to be like a play-in team, eighth seed for sure. The ceiling for that team is like seventh seed. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They're 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 bottom feeders, just like the Detroit Pistons, and we should not be in competitive games with these guys at all. It just doesn't make sense. You know, Adrian Griffin, uh he's he was in over his head. He could not coach the Bucks. He really couldn't. His offensive schemes were very questionable. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I don't know if, I'm not going to say that he held Damian Lillard back, Mm -hmm. but I think whatever he was drawing up Mm -hmm. or doing Mm -hmm. was, was, um, was confusing for how Damian Lillard runs offense. 100%. 100%. And not to mention, he seems like a guy who's afraid to take command of his superstars. Okay, yeah. you know you you gotta be like like it, there was a there was a, uh, a, a a game early in the season and I'll never forget this because it was I, I, this was before the end season and at this point I said oh this is like a huge red flag but Giannis the the coach Adrian Griffin sub Giannis out and Giannis outright refused on the floor to come out of the game he was forcefully removed. Like, against his own will. Like, Giannis did not want to come out the game. He didn't care what the coach was saying. And then they sat in front of everybody and had, like, a, like a, like a minute or two, like, you know, back and forth. And, I, and anytime you see something like that, it's bad news. Yes. It's bad news. If Giannis doesn't respect you enough to say, okay, coach called me out, you know, whatever Giannis had going on, and maybe he thought, oh, I won't do that again, you know, that was just a foul, you know, whatever. For him to react that way shows that he, they don't respect that guy. They don't respect him. And if Giannis doesn't respect him, the team is going to follow. There's right. no way everybody else is going to respect them, and Giannis doesn't. There's just no way. There's no way. And once you lose your main guy, that's it for you. Yep. You know? And it's crazy because Giannis backed him. Giannis backed him. So that's how I know he was a bad coach because Giannis backed you. And then once you actually got out there and you were in, you know, you guys out there doing battle with each other, Giannis is like, dude, like, you know, (laughs) you know, he just didn't have any respect. Just wasn't there, man. It wasn't there. It really wasn't. (coughs) So, oh, not to mention also Terry Scott's a guy who had worked with Dane. And see, this is what you said about Dane not being put in positions uh, by the coach, yeah. you see Terry Stotts 
would have made sure Dame was in the right position. Yep. Because he actually coached Dame in Portland. Portland for years, yep. man. For years. Yeah. Terry Stotts, who had coached the Bucks previously, mm-hmm. who was an assistant coach, abruptly quit the team before opening day. I, mean, I think it was the day before the, yes, or the day of. Just, that was just bad. And it was like, and I remember talking to, to you mm-hmm. and talking to uh, the ASAP guy. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, that's a red flag. Yes, sir. And we're like, something's going on in that locker room. Yes, that and was troubling, man. It was, and it was like, it kind of got pushed under the rug because mm-hmm. Dame, you know, had the opening night heroics mm-hmm. and da-da-da-da-da. But that always stuck in my head. Like, what is going on that... Terry Stotts is like, he's like a company dude. Yeah. I thought he was going to be with the Bucks forever. Yeah. And then you bring in uh, Damian Lillard, who yeah. has worked with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the problem. No. I think it was Griffin and Stotts. It, it 100%. Um, and, and now he lost the locker room. He's not managing his rotation. Mm-hmm. Like, his subbing and his... Um, his rotation is absolutely mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. One day AJ Green plays, one day he doesn't. Ajax starts three games in a row and then he doesn't. Then he doesn't. Okay, we've seen Chris Livingston in one game. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> in one game. And it's like, I could understand if it was like, okay, these guys are just too bad to get onto the floor. Right. That's not the case. No. And number two. They have things that the team desperately needs. We need youth. We need energy. We need length. Chris Livingston, Marshawn Bochamp, Andre Jackson Jr., they all three of them have that. Yep. You know, even if all they can do is run around and give you six fouls a night, dude, put them out there. Not to mention that A.J. Green is a lights-out shooter. So as of right now, Mm -hmm. Joe Prunty is essentially the interim head coach uh, as we record this, but within, you know... So tonight they're playing the Cav- Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been reported on NBA TV and multiple sources that the Bucks have hired a coach. Mm-hmm. And who is that coach? That coach will be Doc Rivers. The Doc Rivers. Former uh, Marquette University champion and alum. Yep. Who anybody from the Milwaukee area... Has seen his number in the rafters. They know Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. He played for many, many years. He uh, he coached uh, for 24 years or something. 24. Is that what I read? Yes, sir. And he did win the title with Boston in 2008 with mm-hmm. another star-studded team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been in the playoffs many times. Many times. And as a fan, I sit back and I go, that's a team that, that's a head coach mm-hmm. the team won't give up on. Absolutely. You can say what you want to about Doc Rivers, uh, but one thing about him, he can coach. Yep. He can coach. He can get guys to buy in, and he knows how to manage superstars. You know, I mean, when you're talking about Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, those are, at that time especially, those are the three biggest egos in the entire NBA. 100%. You know what I mean? Not to mention you had a little guy like Rajon Rondo in your roster. (laughs) Okay? These guys... Okay, you got to be built a certain way, uh, you know, to manage these guys, keep them all happy, uh, put them all in positions to win. Doc Rivers can do that. Now, the one knock that people are going to have right out the gate is, oh, well, Doc Rivers, his record when he's 3-1 and one is terrible. In the playoffs. You know, in the playoffs. He's had like three series where he's been up 3-1 to one and they've ended up losing the series. Now, 
couple things about that, okay? The first time when he was coaching the Clippers, okay, several things happened now that that he couldn't necessarily control. Like Chris Paul got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always like some injury-related stuff. Or the players he's coaching just don't show up. When he was up 3-1, when he was with Philly and James Harden in the bunch, James Harden played terribly. Right. You know, Doc Rivers, he, he can't play. He can't get into a James Harden costume and go out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the stuff is not about coaching. Uh, some of the stuff is about player, you know. And if you ask me, if the Bucks go up 3-1 against anybody, I don't care who it is, Giannis will not lose that series. Right. Okay, Giannis will die <laughs> on the court, literally, uh, before something like that happens. He, I just can't see it. Giannis, he's going to bring everything he has, and that's a hell of a lot. Yes. <laughs> so I don't, I don't see that happen. I'm not even worried about the whole three, three to one narrative because, you know, you got, like I said, Giannis ain't going to let that happen. Plus. You have Damian Lillard to bolster him. Yes, sir. And Chris uh, is still there. Plus, Chris Middleton is there. Yeah. I don't see that Brooke happening. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. Who's always looking for a foul. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned with uh, <clears throat> us giving up a 3 1 lead. I just, no. I'm not concerned. That's the furthest thing from my mind. I'm excited for the next couple of months for the Bucks. We mm-hmm. got the trade deadline coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, that might, this hire might change. Um, you know, I don't know if there's going to be buyout contracts or there's going to be, you know, somebody waves a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. I think so, man. I think uh I think we're still going to make a move come the trade deadline, you know, probably going to get rid of uh a few of the guys who, you know, haven't put it like this, man. Okay, the head coach just got fired. Right. Okay, everybody is on the block, dude. Nobody is safe. Get rid of the brothers. Yes, sir. <laughs> All brothers. Anyone <laughs> who has a brother on this team who doesn't play, get rid yeah. of them now. 100%. Get rid of them. You know, uh, you, you you can say what you want to about the Nassis and Giannis, but honestly, if you get rid of the Nassis, Giannis is going to up and leave because of that. Right. He'll be upset and, you know, he'll he'll moan and, you know, He'll cry about it, but he ain't going nowhere. No. You know, the Nassas would be okay. Uh, same thing with freaking Robin Lopez, yeah. okay? You know, get rid of those guys, man. <laughs> like, it's just nonsense. Get rid of those guys. You know, you got guys like Pat, Bobby, uh, even some of the younger guys we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, you Jay know, Crowder. Jay Crowder. You got uh, uh, some of the young guys. Chris Livingston. Mm-hmm. These are young assets that teams will be willing to pick up, develop them, and... Yep. Rise their team, yep. so I think there's room for trade, buyout, something like that. But I know one thing: we better not see PJ Tucker back oh in the Milwaukee Bucks uniform. No, man. I think he's still drunk from that parade. <laughs> Dude, we better not see that clown back in a Milwaukee Bucks nah, jersey. I, I, God have mercy. <laughs> he was old then. Man, he was like 36 when we won a championship. <laughs> like, like 40. Like, come on, man. No, he can't. Yeah, and we don't have to go through Kevin Durant to no. make it to the finals no. or anything like that. Like, if we see one of those guys, it'll be in a chance. LeBron, Kevin Durant, Jokic, Luka Doncic, all those guys are in the actual finals right. that we'll see them. All we have to do is get past Jason Tatum and his bunch. That's I see it. it. Right. I can, it. I can see it. Joel Embiid is a good player. He's having a great season. But Giannis dominates Joel Embiid routinely. Look, you <laughs> Yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, yeah, Joel Embiid can't do it. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I'm looking forward to it, and um, you know, go Bucks, go Bucks, man. Let's turn it up. So, the la- one of the last things we're going to talk about today is uh, recently on Tubi, there was a three part documentary called "The UFO Revolution," presented by TMZ, mm. and this was a really, uh, a really detailed look at kind of some of the stuff that people are not talking about and what people are talking about what i mean is that jeremiah mm-hmm. and i are you know we're, we're into the ufo <laughs> stuff jeremiah much more mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna let him kind of run this this section but uh <laughs> i'm a ufo connoisseur yes <laughs> for those of you who maybe have heard about the congressional hearings from uh july 26 where lieutenant ryan graves retired commander david fravor and david grush from the intel uh, office uh an intel intelligence mm-hmm. officer i'm sorry mm-hmm. uh gave testimony to congress about the um uaps the tic tac video that people might know about and then eventually things like the non-human biologics mm-hmm. i can never say that word uh, <laughs> but uh, human biologics there it is <laughs> <laughs> the sound bite the only sound bite that anyone cares about uh-huh. like, it's ridiculous yeah what okay so so that's what we're talking about uh we're talking about this documentary they did it in three parts and we're going to kind of go over we're going to jump back and forth we're not going to cover episode by episode mm-hmm. but we're going to talk about the sound bites real quick because okay. you're talking about that sound bite of that phrase mm-hmm. that I can't say <laughs> but what shook my soul when mm-hmm. I listened to this this uh congressional hearing I listened to the whole two and a half hours of it so uh, did I Jeremiah as well. We, we, I was about to say we pretty much watched it together. <laughs> yes. to yeah. Um, that was when they talked about um, the. I believe it was Graves because mm-hmm. um, he was on the ship. Uh, they were talking about the one <clears throat> uh, UAP that came down oh, yes. so fast, hovered, and then and then like shot off or and I think in that while it was hovering it was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, disengaging the the electronics of the of the, of the American ship. Oh, jamming the Jam- jamming the radar. And they asked them. Mm-hmm. They said, if this was uh, an enemy or it had weapons, mm-hmm. you know, could we defend it? And they're like, absolutely not. And I was like, hold on, terrifying. And now we get <clears throat> we get the non human uh, phrase, and people are talking about that, but that shook my soul, dude. You know what? There is a lot that happened in that congressional, uh, you know, meeting hearing hearing yeah. uh, that people are just you know not attuned to. Right. You know, just going right over their head. People have to pay attention to some of this stuff because some of it is pretty freaking shocking. Uh, like what you said, some of the things that these uh, supposed craft can do is pretty mind blowing, man. Oh my God. And uh, when you think about it from a weapons perspective, uh, what you could do uh, if you had that kind of tech, it is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're talking about like like Jason said, um, these craft were supposedly able to come from outer space, outer space down to about like twenty fifty feet <clears throat> over the water. Yep. In less than a second. Yes. Okay? That is. That's scary, man. Incredible. (laughs) That's scary, okay? With that type of speed, 
you can get from here to New York in a matter of seconds. Okay, you're talking about a minute probably at the most. Yeah, I mean you're talking about an outrageous amount of speed. Um, and it's just crazy. We talk about material science and things like that. You know, it gets this gets a lot deeper than just the speed or you know uh, the craft and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're talking about stuff that we just don't even uh, can't even really grasp concepts of. Because moving at those speeds uh, through the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff, you got to have material. Whatever you're driving has to be built out of material that we don't have. Right. Or we withstand force. Right. The G-forces. So it's pretty scary, man. It's Uh, pretty scary. So, um, all... These these episodes are really interesting if you're not familiar with kind of the history of where we are in like the UFO um, awareness, mm-hmm. you know, 2024. Right, basically since 2017. Yes. Basically since um, 2017. When, so, when the New York Times gave us the Tic Tac, the Gimbal, and the Go Fast. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> man, so... In the first episode of this three-part series, they you know they 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 bring our characters out with you know the three guys who, who testified. Mm-hmm. Tim Burchett's there, mm-hmm. uh, who was a representative from Tennessee that kind of spearheaded this um, this hearing, mm-hmm. and then we meet Jeremy Corbell <laughs> and George Knapp. <laughs> and who are they, Jeremiah? Okay. Okay, so George Knapp, uh, very famous, very decorated journalist. Um, he he's based out of Las Vegas. Uh, he's got um, like is it Emmys? Do you win for TV? Yes, Emmys. He's got multiple Emmys. You know, he's got journalist. Uh, you know, accolades. He's an accomplished guy. Uh, he's worked in news his entire life, but his 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 outstanding thing, you know, is the UFO thing. He's he's covered the UFO. In a real way that many people have not. Now, Jeremy Corbell, amateur guy, you know, uh, what can you really say about him? I mean, he was a martial artist before he did what he's doing now, which is journalism on UFOs. But he's just an average guy, man. Somehow. With a camera. With a camera. You know, lucked up. Talked to the right people. Yeah. And, you know, boom, he exploded from there. I cannot take that guy seriously. This is hilarious. <laughs> this guy is absolutely one of the biggest blowhard, uh, egotistical uh, phonies I have ever seen on television. Okay. He calls himself, well, he is described as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And watching this documentary, he says, he says, well, I had a camera, and people wanted to talk to me, so I filmed them. I guess I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> I mean, just a normal guy, you know. And then oh at goodness. one point, you know, the the producers co- asked him. They go, you know, are you afraid of any retaliation from like you know the government or right. whatever? And he goes, I'm a journalist. I'm untouchable. <laughs> right. Like get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then he would say. He would say, I got to tell you, what people are telling me, you wouldn't believe. But I can't say anything. But just believe me. Right. And 
Shut up, dude. Yeah, because I don't know why he couldn't say. Wait. He's not tied to any NDAs. You know, people... And he's somebody who leaks these videos Mm -hmm. and some of these documents on his website. And, Mm -hmm. you know, good for him. Because I'm sure if Jeremiah had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. be in his position, I think he would. I would. So, I would. So, but I'd be much more believable than Well, and, that, <laughs> and that's just it. He's tied himself to George Knapp, mm-hmm. who is a respected journalist. Uh, you know, he, he's literally been given awards from the Television Academy mm-hmm. um, for his for his reports and, and and all that stuff. He's he's done great work besides the UFO stuff. Like right. he has some stories that are like insane. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I see George. I'm sorry. I see Jeremy Corbell. As just kind of riding the George Knapp coattails of, if they believe that dude, they're gonna believe me. George Knapp gives him credibility. That's it, and I, and I had no clue that mm-hmm. I'm gonna see Corbell mm-hmm. for the entire duration of this documentary, <laughs> and I'm t- I just, and he then he just spews like. These phrases and like. Look, man. Here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can't oh, take this dude's like I am like and I mean I'm I look I listened to Art Bell when I was when I was a kid. I've listened to um you know I've I've listened to Alex Jones and his craziness. Oh yeah, he's one crazy dude. Um you know, I've listened I I listened to a lot of viewpoints on these topics. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I mean, I wouldn't bring I wouldn't trust him to bring my change back from lunch. <laughs> Oh, and he man. and TMZ is putting him as the like right. face of this documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but this this hurts credibility. Okay. Everything that we're going to talk about or that they put in this thing, mm-hmm. uh, the stuff they they clipped from the hearings and some mm-hmm. of the other stuff. This Corbell guy just he sucks. Corbell throws it off for you for me. Okay. Now, fortunately for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. People give him shit. Yes. So, without him, we don't see what they released at the end of episode one. 100%. What was that? Well, I don't know what the hell that was <laughs> but they're calling it the Jellyfish UFO. And for those who haven't seen it, you can like literally just type in Jellyfish at this point and that'll be the first thing that pops up. Right. Uh, but... Be warned, uh, it can be quite frightening because there's no clear explanation to what the hell it is that was videoed that day. Um, I gotta be honest with you, man. Like, Jason, you know this. I've seen just about any and every, like, UFO video or supposed picture. I've seen them all, man. I've seen them all. I have never seen something... Like that jellyfish UFO video. It is uh it, it's pretty scary, man. It's pretty scary. It really is. Yeah, and so for those I'll kind of paraphrase it if you haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. um it, it it is filmed over I think it's Iraq. Oh or- yes, an Iraq uh US military uh, US military base <laughs> station in Iraq. And it's this floating jellyfish that goes over uh, it, it's in the air, mm-hmm. and as it passes buildings and other structures, its um, color or heat uh, signature. The heat signature, because it's in. Um, it's in. 
infrared? Infrared. Yeah. It's an infrared. The heat signatures changes. Or, yeah, infrared thermal one. Thermal thermal camera. Thermal camera. There we go. Okay. Is heat its heat signature changes as it passes over different structures. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it goes from like light to dark mm-hmm. as it's hot flo- to cold. Hot to cold. There it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as it's floating across the sky, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's you know there's a there's a bulb on the top, Jesus and then Christ. like tentacles or something. Something that is I don't know moving it, keeping it uh, afloat. It is. Incredibly right. uh, disturbing. It is. <laughs> it is very disturbing, man. Because like, like I said, I've seen all of this stuff, man. And you know, like, okay, for for for, for starters, okay, whatever that thing, whatever that is hanging from the bottom of it, yeah, they're not moving, right? Okay, so people who are gonna look at this and say, oh, well, that's a you know, there's a balloons. Well, why aren't the tethers uh-huh. at the end moving? Okay. That's a very big question. And it's a serious one. You have to answer that before you try to debunk something. Okay. Because balloons, the tethers, they move with the wind. It's not very hard to move them. Those things are not moving. Uh, then you got it going from hot to cold. Uh, the story on this thing is, and there, and you can see this in the video. There are people, there are animals. It's flying right over them. Nobody even looks up. Nobody hears anything, nobody sees anything. They had, after, while this video was being recorded, they had, they sent out a military crew equipped with night vision. They couldn't find it, yeah. okay? They could see it on the thermal radar, but the night vision wouldn't pick it up. Also very weird, very strange. Balloons don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Balloons don't do that, okay? Then you got, furthermore... Uh, and there's a snippet of this video that they that he also released. It goes over the water, mm. which they show for a minute. You know, there's like a snippet of it. Yep. And then the video ends. But the story goes, it continued to move over the water, descend into the water for 17 minutes, come up out of the water and shoot off. Now, I'm going to stop there. Even without shooting off, even after it rose out of the water and shot off, if it, if it just descended into the water for 17 minutes and comes out slowly, it can it can just cruise right on by. Uh-huh. What the hell is that? <laughs> There's nothing like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to shoot off at that point. Right. It doesn't have to shoot off into the freaking space. Right. Like, what in the world can do that? What in the world can? So, um, a lot of weird stuff with that going on. But uh, we highly suggest you guys watch that Jellyfish UFO. Yep. Uh, you know, let us know what you think, man. If if one of you guys can tell us what that is, we'd like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. an- another thing that they talked about in uh, the second episode was the Mexican government um, presenting mm-hmm. uh, potential alien bodies that had been kept or preserved uh-huh. for like, I don't know. A millennium. A millennium. <laughs> Uh, and and what's interesting, and I didn't know this when this first came out in the summer, was that uh, Lieutenant Ryan Graves, who was part of our congressional hearing, um, was in attendance mm-hmm. at this event. Yep. Did not know either. And, 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 and it turns out, as we learned through the TMZ special, that was by design. Ryan Graves did not want us to know he was there. And that is because these Mexican bodies... Are not real. Yeah. 
Now, this was crazy, man. Because when this first happened, me and Jason were like, whoa, you know, <laughs> what's that? They had these descriptions, uh, they had elongated necks, yep. and yada and yada and yay, <laughs> all fake. <sighs> crazy. You know, and something I thought would give Corbell credibility towards you, Jason, yeah. was the fact that he was saying that those Mexican bodies were fake. I thought you would have liked that. I I I took it as he was debunking them mm-hmm. just to be decide in just to be more believable. More different. Okay. Like I don't know if he believed they were fake, okay. but he's gonna say they're fake just so that I don't know, that people can like uh, trust him. Right. Um and it was hard for me because when this broke uh-huh. And we talked about it in the summer, and uh, we we I mean we we broke it down. We're like, oh, yeah. if these were real, <laughs> and they live back in Mayan time. And oh we, yeah, and we like right. we we look we look we like count we like did the the, the math <laughs> and like the we potential. Went to like, it, man. We're like, I mean, so in my head, I was like, well, they might be real, right? And so for him to just be like, well, I, I, they're fake. I knew they're fake. I just. I want to know why. Right. Tell me why. If right. they, if they are fake, give me give me the debunking. Right. And then, so that's why I was a little skeptical because he just he would just maybe it was editing, mm-hmm. but he was just popping off these comments. I was like, well, just give me some substance. Yeah, they never really got into how they figured out these things were fake. Yeah. It was just like a consensus that these were fake. Now when the um me, the Mexican media or whoever wanted to take pictures with Graves after the event, uh-huh. and Graves was like, um, "Hell no!" <laughs> <laughs> not, that not, was the funniest part <laughs> of the whole thing, dude. He's like, "Not in front of the body, not in front of the body." So when he was saying that, when that was mm. caught on camera, yes, I was like, "Okay." Yeah. At that point, I was like, "Then they're not real." I agree with you. I really do because the fact that someone got that on camera, uh, that was key. You know, great photo, great you know, uh, freaking video work with that one, man. Yeah. Because that was a moment. It's like you had to be there to believe that. You know what I mean? Yep. You couldn't just tell that story. Nothing would have did that justice the way that video did. Oh, then we got uh, we got people. They got where they they summed up. You know, some some guys like the Travis Walton. Uh, which they made a movie out of, Fire in the Sky. Woo. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, so they, they went through his whole ordeal. You can look up more about Travis Walton if you like, but it's a very famous UFO case. Travis Walton, a lot of his buddies, they go out and they're like after work or something. You know, some red crab shows up, abducts Travis Walton, you know, shoots a beam at him. You know, crazy stuff. Yeah. Travis Walton goes missing for like five days, shows up, don't know what what happened. Uh, and it did happen. That though, that is a real case. It really happened. You know, it's been investigated up to Wazoo. Uh, Travis did disappear, uh, and no one knows where, where he went that day. Uh, the UFO <laughs> took him, apparently. Uh, then you got, they went over Avi Loeb. Uh, he's one of the newer faces of the UFO thing. He did uh, most of the work on Amur Mua. And what is Amur Mua? Amur Mua is an oddly shaped rock. Uh, <laughs> that oh, yeah. that people, uh, well, he, this Harvard scientist, uh, he's not a dumb guy. I'll say that, okay? 
Um, but he believes that a Muamua is a spacecraft of some kind because of its shape. Uh, the, 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 something about it was moving faster than like the planets around the sun. Like the sun's gravity had no effect on it, you know, uh, which would suggest it was being pushed by something, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But, you know, he's a Harvard scientist and he can get like deep into that stuff, but you can look that up as well. They also went over that. Then in the third episode, at this point we were, as viewers, we were like, we need something else. Mm-hmm. It can't just be the jellyfish video. Because we know all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, we're familiar with it. Right. So give us something different. And they gave us something called the Chandelier UFO. Yes. Uh, which, in my opinion, man, was crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes, the Jellyfish UFO is a video. But, dude, this still frame of the Chandelier UFO also can be looked up. The Chandelier UFO. Uh, released by Jeremy Corbell. Dude, this thing is strange. Yeah. You know? The shape. The shape? Uh, I don't know what that is, man. You know, to both of them, the jellyfish and the chandelier UFO. I have no clue what those <laughs> things are. I mean, that's some of the most bizarre stuff I've ever seen. Uh, like, it, like seriously. That is something that is honestly just, it's unexplainable. Yes. I don't get it. Yes. I don't know. I, right, there. You have to see it. Uh, you guys probably think we're exaggerating it a little <laughs> bit, but I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, man. Um, we're not exaggerating. And if my money uh, was on it, uh, for those of you who haven't seen these two, it's probably going to scare you. Yeah, it's probably going to scare yeah. you. If you just look at it with an open mind, right? And and try to uh, try to figure out, try to debunk it. Mm-hmm. And when all of those possibilities don't uh answer your question Mm -hmm. it's 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 something else yes uh very very high strangeness is what they call it (laughs) high strangeness what else we got jays uh we we can briefly talk about um the uh the galactic zoo oh the galactic zoo theory that we're all in a zoo uh being watched and tamed and you know kept up by uh, these alien overseers, you know, um, kind of like an ant farm thing. You don't interact with the ants. You just kind of let them go ahead and do their thing and observe. Yeah. Uh, keep them alive, but you don't do much else. There was a lot in these three episodes. Again, it's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Tubi is a free app. If you don't have uh, it downloaded, you can get it on your phone. You can get it on most smart TVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, TMZ presents the UFO revolution. It is... Tremendous. Um, you know, check out Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. They've got a really interesting podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... It's um, it's food for thought, man. It is. You know? It is. Something uh, to think about when you when you you walk in uh, back from the garage, you took the trash out, it's late at night, take right. a look up at the sky, right. man. Yeah. You know? You oh might see gosh. something. Oh, <laughs> you might see something. Or a day, might might be something right over in front of you, exactly. you know? Keep your eyes yeah, out, man. man. Yeah. Keep huh. your eyes open. <laughs> Ears peeled. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, we are, you know, um, really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys did as well. Uh, again, if you haven't subscribed, we are on all major uh, podcast platforms, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube Music, um, you know, check us out on Facebook on the uh, Destruction Reviews podcast fan page. 
Check us out on X, uh, at Destruction Pod. Um, that's all I got. That's all we got? All right, guys. I'm Jeremiah and Jason. We're saying goodbye. We are Destruction Reviews Podcast. Ask your parents before subscribing.